Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Just the Sip. I am your host, Justin Sylvester. As you know, the world is flipping upside down, cartwheeling, twerking, doing the Watusi. At this moment, the world is telling us something, wants us to know something, And there are a few voices out there that we really need to listen to. And one of those voices was a whisper and is now screaming for everyone who needs someone to hear. And I'm going to bring on my next guest, Brandon Kyle Goodman, actor, writer, activist. And now he is your auntie who's giving you the word. Brandon, welcome. Yes, I love being an auntie. That's right. <laughs> this is why I'm calling you an auntie, okay? And for all you non-Black people out there, you have that one cool auntie who you can talk to and who will talk with you and who might get a little drunker around you than your mama absolutely, will. Absolutely. And normally when your mama's coming down on you for something, your cool auntie's like, don't worry about her. You good. <laughs> She's crazy. And Don't worry about her. <laughs> she raised it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you cool auntie will take your side until yeah. the day that you have crossed the line or there is a le- lesson that you need to learn. You won't take it from your mother. You will take it from your cool auntie. Absolutely. In America, you have crossed the line. You've been crossed the line. And auntie is here to gather you up, my love. <laughs> when I first saw the first video of yours that I saw, was entitled To My White Friends. And I thought to myself, oh, she about to lose the Netflix bags. She about to go there because I wasn't sure where it was going to go. But you took this approach of talking to people slowly and calmly and comfortably. Why do you think people needed to hear that message in that way? Listen, I think that there are a lot of voices out there and I think that different voices hit differently. And certain people, like, you know, some people need tough love. Some Mm -hmm. people need to be coddled. Some Mm -hmm. people need a little space to process. And so I think that some people just needed a quieter space to process. And I think they just needed to see exactly what was happening in the moment. I don't know about you, but I feel like sometimes as Black people, 
we, in order to move in white spaces, we will suppress our trauma to yes. show up so they can be comfortable. Yes. And I think that that, for me, started to do a disservice to, to my mental health and probably to the people, again, it was to my white friends, not to white people in general, but to my white friends to like not really know exactly what is going on. And I think that that was just about, this is where I'm at. Yeah. I think there was something they were able to connect to and be like, oh, there's pain. That's pain. Why is my friend in pain? Let's start to ask the hard questions. Let me ask you this questions because I, you know, I move in white spaces. As you know, I'm on E, which is yes. a predominantly white network. And, you know, I deal yeah. with white ladies in Beverly Hills. But a lot of times by other Black people, especially on Twitter, I get accused of making the conversation um, with white people too comfortable for them. And I just want to make them feel comfortable. Why can't you just tell it like it is? And, you know, da, 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 da. do you ever get those types of comments? You know, I've been fearful of those type of comments because I don't want Black people to think that, like, I'm coddling white people. I haven't seen that yet, but the response, and I also, to be very honest, try not to venture too far into my comments because I don't, I don't want it to deter me from doing what I, what I want to do and Ooh. what I want to say. Because I, I know, you got to know your boundaries. And my boundaries is, I do care about what people think and I do care about my, the perception that I put off, and, and that's my work that I'm, you know, going through and in yes. my therapy and perfectionism and all that stuff. So it's just better for me to not go too deep. But so far, you know, the black people have been that have been in my comments have said thank you. And the white people have also said thank you. So we're good. Now, we do have some disrespectful folk, you know, that we have to, you know, gather up. Yeah, we gather up. We, but then we gather them up. We have to gather them up because it's crazy because, you know, I often say this and, you know, I work Nina Parker and I have the same goals in life. You know, yeah. when it comes to this movement, we want people to know, we want people to listen. And for us, we have two different approaches to it. Sure. Her approach is right on point. My approach is right on point. They're just different. And I think sometimes for myself, I get the hate in my comments because I am softer than her, you know? Mm. Mm -hmm. She Malcolm X. I'm Nancy Pelosi. You know, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like it's, I'm and they're like, all of value. That's the thing. Like that's what I, what I, what I wrote on my page too is like black people are not a monolith. We are allowed to respond and react and handle this however we want to. And there has to be a myriad of voices. We can't just have one type of voice. It's not going to hit everybody. If we really trying to, if we're saying we're trying to make a global change and a global shift. There's gotta be several different types of voices so that, you know, some people take it with a little more sugar. Some people like it a little more bitter. And the yes. message is the same, Black Lives Matter, period. We're all out for the same thing. And you're right, people take it in different ways. And I'm so mad and I'm so upset with myself that I used to let those things get to me, especially when little things would pop up. So, you know, there was a thing where white women were wearing cornrows. And people are like, oh, that's mm -hmm. cultural, you know, misappropriation. You need to speak on sure. that platform. I'm like, look, if Maxine Waters is not speaking on it, not that it's a waste of time and a waste of energy, but I want to speak when it makes sense. We sure. can't start these little fires about hairdos and clothes right now. What we need to do is focus on the bigger fire. That way we can pile all that wood into the one bonfire and then everybody around the world is going to hear because let's be honest, I got cousins wearing wigs from Russian women 
you know, on their heads. They're not tagging <laughs> Russia. They're not yeah. tagging Russia. Thank you, Lana, for this hair. Or Brazilian. Thank or, you. you know, they're not doing it. And I just, I used to get mad at people because they would say, I can't believe you didn't back us up on this thing. And I'm like, Martin Luther King mm-hmm. had one message. <laughs> yes. He got a million motherfuckers into Washington without call waiting, without email, without uh, DMs, no, no flyers. He got a million mm-hmm. people to Washington to march for one simple thing. It was equality. When 2020 came into fruition right now, I was like, we finally have a unifying message. You need to come together on one thing. Sure. But also, I also think that you have to speak about what you're passionate about. You know what I'm saying? It's like, for me, I, I don't have the energy to call, like, y'all know it's cultural appropriation. I, I don't need to tell you that that white woman with cornrows, like, you know, that's what that is. You know. And there are plenty of people telling you that. So that's not necessarily the the baton, the baton I'm going to pick up Amen. and run with. But there are other things that I'm down to run with. And, you know, whatever I'm not talking about, maybe you're talking about. Whatever you're not talking about, she's talking about. It's a group effort. We can't all be responsible for every facet of this thing because it's complicated. Yeah. What were you thinking when 2019 ended? Like, what did you think 2020 was going to be like for you? Oh, wow. Let me tell you, I had a little gathering in my home. It was like 10 of us and we were, you know, drinking and going around and saying what we were thankful for and saying we were looking. Had no idea the country's about to shut down two months later. Um, so right. 2019, I, I was I had a lot of hope. Um, and I think at the start of this, this Corona uh, COVID-19 situation, that hope kind of started to dim. But then in this last week, as painful as it has been, um, I don't want to underplay how painful, especially these last three weeks have been. Um, but then I marched on Hollywood Boulevard on Sunday and there was hope there. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's like, yes. listen, if the country had to shut down, for us to have this conversation in this way, for us to finally get the the respect mm-hmm. and the the uh, the attention uh, and the allyship that we have been deserving and needing for yep. centuries, then okay, here we are. You know, I can't say that it's all been bad. There's been some dark, dark, dark things that have come out of this. Yeah, but there's also you know some some hope, and and that's all we can really hold on to. I'm gonna write this word down allyship because we're going to come back to that because I feel oh, like yes. one of the most Let's important about things it. that we have right now in this movement because you know when we were fighting back in the cut with MLK and we were fighting mm-hmm. back in the cut in the 60s, 70s and 80s it was mm-hmm. only us banding together and this is all different but I'm going to sit on 2020 for two seconds because you know where did you grow up? I grew up in Queens, New York. You grew up in Queens, New York. Right by LaGuardia, yes. I grew up in South Louisiana and every black mama, every black grandma, every black auntie, their favorite thing to say on Sundays was the Lord works in mysterious ways. And ain't that the truth. (laughs) As a kid, I think I heard that at least once a month for my whole life. The Lord. My grandmother was a minister, so I heard that every day. She was every day. (laughs) The Lord works in mysterious ways. And it's crazy because living in Los Angeles for the last 11 years, I still go to church once a month. 
Mm-hmm. I make it my duty to go to church once a month to get my ass in that pew. I don't care if I'm hungover. There's a Sunday. I'm there. But <laughs> I'm not, there's not many people in your community that go to church. Like, you know, I'm gay. Sure. And in my mind, the the saying the Lord works in mysterious ways kept on popping up because, you know, you just said something really interesting. 2020, starting with the lockdown, it was like we all needed to be in front of our TVs. We all needed to be present because a lot of times we can run away, distract ourselves and pretend like, oh, my God, this is not happening. I'm going to turn it on NCIS or I'm going to go to Joshua Tree and hang out with my friends. The Lord said on the first day, I will close Barney's New York. So you mm-hmm. can shop. Right. On the second day, I will put a mass <laughs> pandemic out and require that you stay in your homes only for and nourishment to go out. Mm-hmm. On the third day, I will gas up Don Lemon's black ass to let <laughs> yes, Don go. I will grasp Don Don came to gather them up, honey. Gather, <laughs> gather. Okay. Swoop, swoop, swoop. <laughs> swooping, swooping. You know. Yes. On the fourth day, I will literally put hornets outside your doors so you cannot leave the house. Keep you up inside your house. It was all those things that honestly made the world stop and think about, oh, my God, this is happening. This is going on. And now we cannot, cannot deny that we know about it because we all have Instagram, we all have heard it. It was like, oh my God, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Well, you you also had to wake up. And I think the other side of that too, as black people, is that we were also dealing with the pandemic. On top of being black and the struggles that come with being a black person in this country, we were also dealing with the pandemic, which was also taking lives. And then you had to deal with this reality that we were still mm-hmm. also being killed in the streets, something that we already knew was happening, but then it, mm-hmm. it, it kept happening. And I think for me personally, it was like, all right, I can't be nice anymore. Like I can't try and make people comfortable. We can't, we can't yes. not talk about this thing anymore because it's some bull, right? Like at the at base, at base, it is a bull that black people have to fight to say our lives matter. That's us. It should not be a debate. We shouldn't be debating if racism exists, if it's bad, if it's good, which that's what people be doing on Twitter. Like, is it like, well, what do you think? Honey, it, it exists. It's been existing. You are a part of it. We are all inside of it. It needs to go. Period. At base. Now, now let's move forward from there. 100%. So finally, you know, finally the country is like, oh, it does exist. You're right. It's like, well, yes, honey. That's what MLK said. That's what Frederick Douglass told y'all. That, that's what James Baldwin told y'all. And we've been, we've been, we've been, we've been, we've been saying it. Yeah, but it was, we've been saying it. They just haven't been hearing it. And nobody- They haven't been listening. They haven't been listening, but- <laughs> Well, you've been conditioned, we've been conditioned, right? To like not consider other people, to only take care of what's yes. happening in your yes. space and to not think about what's happening outside yes. of your space. Which and- is why- so, I mean, like, I, how many people voted for Trump? You know what I'm saying? Like, not to get it all the way political, but there's there are people that I know who voted for Obama that voted for Trump because they were thinking about themselves. They weren't thinking about the racism. They weren't thinking about the sexual harassment. They were thinking about their tax break. And you're like, that doesn't work. That don't you work. Can't, it don't work. You can't live in a vacuum. 
You can't. You can't. Uh, by the way, can't. it's like this. And you bring I, my towel out. You see this? You, you bring your towel out, girl. Bring my, <laughs> okay. my, my, my church towel. You better bring your prayer cloth out. <laughs> I, w- I will say it's been really crazy because people keep on saying this is a political thing. And I'm like, no, it's not actually a political thing. It's a human rights thing. Like I'm a black gay man who votes both Democrat and Republican, depending on who the candidate is and mm-hmm. what, what level and what they're offering to my life. And, you know, X, Y, and Z, because I've voted Republican a few times in, you know, in state and, and citywide ordinances. So for me, I'm very apolitical. I always tell people this is not a political thing because I went to a rally one day um, I met this couple and they were sitting, they were standing off to the side and they were like a little like hesitant. And we started talking and the wife was like, you know, I recognize you from TV. And I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. Where are you guys from? They were like, oh, we're from Orange County. You know, our daughter really wanted to come and we didn't want her to come by herself because she's 16. And, you know, she's mm-hmm. just a little bit more liberal than us and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we're Trump supporters, but we came two days ago with her and she wanted to come back and we had such a great time and it was such a great message that we actually wanted to come back with her to this one. Because it's not about politics. I'm like, you're absolutely correct. It's not about politics. It's it's about human life. And they were like, we we realize that. And these people came to protect her and now they're joining in on it. Absolutely. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I will say, you know, at base, it's, it, it is about humanity. And then I do think there are levels of engagement inside of this, which do include, you know, policies and politics. And they do include, I think, I love a Brene Brown. Come on now. It includes your inner emotional, your inner emotional work. It includes your emotional work. It includes socioeconomics. It includes your money. So there are many facets to it, but you're absolutely right. The base is human life. Like that's what we're, we're all showing up and trying to say, like, Black people do not need to be getting killed by police. Do not need to be getting chased by neighbors. That's just bull again. I said in one of my videos, there's like, there's no words to accurately describe how disgusting and how awful and how traumatic, like those words, the words in our, our dictionary yes. don't match up to the depths of the pain that, that uh, Black people experience in this country and have been experiencing. No, 100%. And I got in a fight with this Karen on Instagram. <laughs> Not this <I'm>, Karen. <laughs> oh, I, I got on a fight with it. I got in a fight with the Karen, bitch. Karen's well, the exist. Karen. They do. And oh, they do. They, they, they exist. Do. And I got on a fight with this Karen because a friend of mine, Jimmy Johnson, is a NASCAR driver. Mm-hmm. He basically spearheaded um, the NASCAR um, statement, the video that they made which was unbelievable and beautiful. If you guys have not seen it, if I you, haven't seen it, tell me about it. It's so, oh my God, it's NASCAR made a statement and took a stand with Black Lives Matter. Jimmy Johnson, who drives mm-hmm. an RDA car, wanted to do this and was very passionate about it. And, um, you know, when he originally signed up to do it, when he originally conceived this, this idea, he thought he would have six drivers that mm-hmm. would be a part of it. 
Yeah. Which is a lot. Four out of 40 mm -hmm. drivers, six drivers is a ton, especially in one of the most polarizing sports in America. Mm. Yeah. So they did this unbelievable video. He wrote this unbelievable script with his team. And he personally called every single person that drove NASCAR. And they ended up getting 23 drivers out of 40. Wow. Wow. Which I don't think people understand the fact that Jimmy no, John got 23 drivers, including mm. a legend, Del Earnhardt Jr., who is retired, come, came out of retirement to do this video was unbelievable, but then I got to get this man's name right because I owe his yes, name. Steve Phelps, who is the president of NASCAR, mm -hmm. went on Fox on a Sunday morning before a NASCAR race, stood up for Black Lives Matter, made a statement on the behalf of the NASCAR, and played that one minute and 20 second video of all those drivers standing in solidarity with George Floyd, with Breonna Taylor, and the other Black lives that have been lost. I'm telling you right now, Steve Phelps, if I see you in the street, we gonna hug it out. <laughs> we gonna hug it out. But that, hug it out, because that, that, but that is, Listen, it's long overdue for everybody, but that is the type of allyship uh, or parts of being an ally that you need, which is you use your platform. Uh, and I think people are, are, are starting to realize, and again, we can debate like, is it too late or whatever, but it's, it's finally happening, which is that like, you either racist or you anti-racist, period. What side of history are you on? What's like, up? You, you can't just, you can't be quiet. There's no, quiet. there's no space and time to be quiet. Your silence as, we keep saying it's definite. It, it speaks definite. a little louder, louder than you think it does. So Jimmy Johnson put out this video. I had had a few drinks on Sunday, so I was ready to go at any Karen in those comments. Okay, <laughs> a bitch was ready. fully ready. She was yeah. fully ready. She was locked Prime. in on the bitch. Nails filed, fully charged was... phone, like ready. <laughs> oh, some finger workouts to make sure like those carpels <laughs> were ready. She was ready. She was ready. To my surprise and shock, the comments under Jimmy Johnson's video were positive, 99.9% .9 positive. It was beautiful. It was amazing to see that NASCAR fans were ready to listen and hear yeah. it. And not that they were like, we're going to change tomorrow. It was, that was a beautiful message. And I appreciate what you did, you know? Yes. Which is great. Yes. But one bitch came through. There's always one. There's always Two, one, ten, and I'm not gonna lie. There's always a. <laughs> there's always one. There's always at least there's always at least one. And I will say this: she was not defensive. She was just confused. And I think what happens in in white Americans' minds, they get defensive because they think we're pointing the finger at them. And when we say you need to listen we actually mean you need to listen. Like, it's not like we want to be defensive. It's like, no, 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 just, just hear this for one second. We're talking to everybody. We're not just talking to you yeah. like people. We're talking to Asian people. We're talking to Latin people. We're even talking to our own people who have stayed silent for such a long time. Y'all know who you are. You need to speak up, but anyways. Right? So Karen was like, all lives matter. And why are we preaching all lives matter? Why? And she goes, she said to me, she goes, what about Tony Tempa, who was a white man who was killed at the hands of the cops? 
And I said, ma'am, I hear you, I see you, but saying all lives matter, I think you're getting away from the point. Um, I think if you showed up at a breast cancer rally with a sign that said, what about arthritis? I think people would say, we feel bad for you that you have arthritis, but this is not the time or the place. It's not the conversation. Is it another conversation? And she was like, I just don't understand. Like, how could you be out there? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, if you don't feel comfortable saying Black Lives Matter, you can say stop police brutality because it is. But also, Rome. that's the problem. But Rome was not. <laughs> Rome was not. You're right. You're right. Sure. Sure. Rome was not built also, Karen, that's the problem. Why, why? Like, I would say examine that. Why do you have a problem saying that Black Lives Matter? Because it's not saying that other lives don't matter. It is simply you taking a stance that Black lives do matter. So, like, what 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 are we really debating, honey? Right. <laughs> like, what, what are we really talking about? So then Karen took it a whole step further. Oh, as Karen does. Karen was like, well, why does his life not mean anything that George Floyd's bid, why aren't you guys saying his name? Why aren't you guys Ooh. rallying for him? I said, mm. by the way, mm. you are absolutely correct. Why aren't you saying his name at these rallies? Why didn't you get on your news um, news stations when he died? Why didn't you call Fox News when he was there? You have a better chance at getting this out than I did. Absolutely. I said, I said this is how I feel. Karen, let me put it to you in simple ways because like a white lady, I'm a white lady. There's about 25% white lady in me and white ladies <laughs> love, love a wedding. <laughs> oh, yes. A good wedding. A good wedding with free drinks and good food. Said, this is the easiest way I can explain this to you. I said, if your sister got married, was getting married and planned this lavish wedding, and on her wedding day, you decided to wear a white dress and, and, and declare your love for your boyfriend at the time and decide to get married on the same day, it's all the same. Just because you are in love doesn't mean that you get to take your sister's day away. So do not take mm -hmm. my day away. Did she understand that analogy? Did she, was she like, oh, thank you. Oh, well, she's not she, because by the way, she knows because she is married with children. And if her sister stood up on her way and said, I want to get knew. married. She was like, she was like, oh, you got to come at them. However, you got to come at them. Yeah. You know, I, what you bring up in that story is that people miss the point. I just posted a video not too long ago about delineating a good ally versus an effective ally and asking people to not just have this be about Instagram posts, but like take some action. And somebody wrote that they felt like my tone was condescending. Now, you and I have been talking for, what, 30 minutes? I, I'm not a condescending person. I, I'm passionate and I'm fun, but she, she's not out here to disrespect nobody. But it was like, oh, you missed the point of the video. You are so focused on uh, being defensive and finding a problem as opposed to what is the point of the video? The point of the video is fight for my life. Right. How did you miss that point? to then talk about the tone in which I spoke, which by the way, black people get to talk however they want inside of this. If they wanna say white people, they get to say it. If they wanna say, we love you, but we need this, however black people wanna respond in this time, they get to because again, the bull is our lives have not mattered. Amen. It's crazy because you're not just an activist. You started out, you were an actor and a yes. writer. Big mouth is uh, 
my favorite shows. Yay! Uh, that makes me so happy. My Rudolph? I mean, Maya, Nick, John, Jenny, like, the ca- Jordan, the cast is insane. And, like, watching them work, watching them in the booth bring to, you know, bring what we've written to life is incredible. But also, you know, I've been on the show for for two seasons, which I, my first season uh, that I'm on the show airs this fall. But, like, the writers are so good. I'm not talking about myself. She's good, too. But the writers on that show are phenomenal. Um, and so it's just like, uh, it's, it's, I'm so honored to, to, to be able to write on that show and, and to be a part of it. You know when a show is really good because you'll watch the intro and you won't skip it? <laughs> I'm going through yes. I, honestly that's when you know a show is good when you will watch the intro even when the skip intro button is right in your face I'm like you know I'm yeah, like, let, me, let me get this song let me get this song <laughs> let me get Absolutely. all the details about this whole thing and yes. you know feel the beat yes you are getting out the 19th honey Netflix is paying these bills they're paying for this apartment, honestly. <laughs> Netflix is do, you really... feel, do you feel like Netflix, you know, as a writer, as a producer, as a actor, sometimes we talk about how there's no inclusivity on certain networks. Do you feel like Netflix is woke? Um, I think that Netflix is definitely plugged in and they're doing, you know, they were, I'm pretty sure the first network to really say Black Lives Matter, which was a massive move because they have a huge audience uh, and to really acknowledge that they have a lot of Black talent and a lot of Black uh, employees and and to not say that uh, would be unacceptable. So I was really on, I'm like proud to work for them because uh and not even just proud to work for them but like it makes me feel safe it makes me feel like oh my voice matters in this space um i also think yeah i mean they've made the effort with their with their social media handles most which is for you know highlighting their their queer talent and strong black lead highlighting their black talent um i think that they are having the conversations about inclusivity and about you know how to not just tell the same old white stories you know, they're yeah. really like they're really acknowledging the importance of representation. And I think they're they're making strides. And yes, there's I think every network has more work to do when it comes to representation and making sure that, you know, there are black stories, there are Asian stories, there are Latino stories, there are queer stories, there are POC queer stories. Yes. Every network has some work to do around that. But I do think that Netflix is actively actively trying to do that and by the way for people in all over the world let me just tell you what netflix is about okay Mm. netflix remember back in the day you used to want to get into disney because you thought okay if i get into disney then i can steamroll myself and maybe become a disney princess and you want to be in that (laughs) oh i wanted to be in the abc family (laughs) you know it's like no for sure it's like getting in Once you're in with Ryan Murphy, you will be employed for 15 years. Forever. You get a wrinkle. He will, he will keep you employed until you get a wrinkle. Even with a wrinkle. Even no, no, but then you, like, no, once you get the wrinkle, you have to go and get a few more and then come back, Jessica Lang style. And come on back. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. he will keep you all the way in. employed, okay? Shonda Rhimes is the same way. Shonda Rhimes will keep you employed. She will have you on every one of her shows. <laughs> Until you pull a Katherine Heigl. Y'all, please don't pull a Katherine Heigl. Just don't do that. 
you know, Catherine Heigl mm-hmm. had it all. She was rolling in the deep, as Adele would say, with turn the rhymes. And all Absolutely. of a sudden, out of nowhere, all I'm going to say is Google that. But here's a lesson. That to me, and no disrespect, I think Catherine's a, a phenomenal actress. That is privilege at work. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That, that it, it actually falls into this conversation of white privilege. And uh, to be on that show where a black woman is the head of that show and to openly kind of disregard the people who are creating this show is a privilege. And she got gathered up <laughs> um, as she should. But that's a privilege. You don't you don't do that. How amazing, though, because, you know, a lot of times I will say this on sets. We have to be extra button up. We have to be extra mm-hmm. as black people. We have mm-hmm. to go the extra mile and do the things that our counterparts won't do. And when you look yeah. at your colleagues who are in the same boat, they can say no easy more easier than you can. Absolutely. They can they Absolutely. can express how much they dislike something easier than you can. They can 1, say, oh, I would never do that. If my black ass ever said I would never do that, it would not turn out the same way. I don't know if you've had this experience, but I definitely had experiences on set where like, it is a big deal to get a barber. It is like, and this is, seems like such a small, specific <laughs> thing, but it, but it is, I, you look, <laughs> It is small and it's specific to, to our industry, but I will say the big word, it is white supremacy at work where you have a head of a hair or makeup department who won't get you a barber and claims that they can cut your hair. And it's not, I'm not mad that you can't cut my hair, but you do need to pay the extra little money to get me somebody who can do my hair, to get me somebody who can match my skin tone. Because how come my white colleague, my white co-star gets to look fabulous, honey, curls and all, you know, and I got to look ratchety and raggedy. Oh, no, 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 ma'am. No, ma'am. Let me let me first start off by saying <laughs> I hear that story and it touches the bottom of my heart because Absolutely. I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky because you know what I am? I'm also the person who is like, I'll say that. And then somebody will say, mm-hmm. well, why can't you just use Brian? And I say, you know, because, you know, what <sighs> what tends to happen is everybody shares everybody. And I'm like, okay, sure, I get it. But would you make someone who does only extensions and hair color, would you make that person do somebody else's curls and and flat iron? Well, she doesn't do that. That's exactly the same thing. So what I did was I tried Brian one time and I let Brian my head so bad that the head of, of hair and makeup was like, you know what? I get you. I'm here. Let's do this. How often do you need her? When do you want her? <laughs> you are better than me. I, my agents know that we, if we enter into anything, they got to get me a barber and I got to have approval. And that is, you can't be afraid, I think, to ask. This is so specific to like Black Hollywood, but it's like we have to be able to ask for what I want, what we want, and not be reprimanded or penalized because we're saying we need somebody who who knows how to take care of our hair and our skin. That's not an unfair request. No, 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 no. And that's the thing. It's just crazy. And I'm so happy, I will say, sometimes it's just because they don't know. And mm-hmm. I'm very lucky 
the moment I made that clear that that was important to me and I felt great walking onto set, knowing that I had a fresh cut every week, it wasn't even yes. a fight, but sometimes it just, it just takes a conversation. And I think we get frustrated that we have to have the same conversations over and over again. But how I will end this is that after 2020, you cannot use language that says, I don't know. I wasn't educated. Nope. I had no idea nope. because 2020 is a motherfucking masterclass. Wake up. Absolutely. Wake up, everybody. That's all I know. <laughs> Tell me when Feel the Beat is coming out, what's happening? Uh, Feel the Beat comes out on June 19th on Netflix, and it's a it's a family uh, film. And I'm super excited about being in it because my character is uh, obviously Black and queer and very uh, expressive in his fashion choices. And there's no conversation about his Blackness or his queerness. He just gets to exist and be. And I think that that is so important and so vital that we, uh, you know, we have all these oppressive narratives that happen yes. to black queer characters and, and those stories are important but also as i keep saying i have seven plants i got a dog i got other things that i do in my life besides be black and gay and so those stories are also important getting to see us just exist and to yeah. be and to be in a family film just like on netflix, as hell. <laughs> on on netflix. netflix. come on Itch. come get this coin part of the revolution <laughs> you guys stream feel the beat you will love it, love it, love it. And I just need you yes. to make two promises to me. One, mm -hmm. when we're back in life and you're back in that writer's room and it comes yes. out that we need that one, we need that black gay monster. <laughs> that, that black gay hormone monster. Y'all like, we got the black I'm gay hormone like, monster. Somebody. Let me run you this black gay hormone monster. For you. <laughs> Promise one, okay. And then <laughs> you're show running, EPing and creating your own content. Yes. You come right back here and we're going to laugh about how yes. there was one character who could exist in their gayness and in their blackness. And now you've created a show where we, where many can exist. Yes, that is the goal. And I promise, promise Kat, those two promises. I got you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. You guys, thanks for listening and do not forget to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And you can follow me at The Lady Sitter and be sure to come back every week for another pour of your favorite celebrity.